All right, here we go. Another episode, episode eight of the One Man Ride podcast. I'm your host, Michael Ward. Uh, that was a little Foo Fighters we had going there. My hero, um, which is the reason that brought it up is because I was going over uh, all the players that I've gotten some shout outs for, which I love, so keep them coming. Uh, some of the kids who from the Midwest who've done great in college. Um, so I want to start off with that. But I want to bring this up first. If you have a player who has done well and he has, you know, and you, you want him to get a shout out, and I don't care if it's whatever division, I celebrate everybody. I celebrate every kid from the Midwest who does well. It doesn't matter the level of play. He's playing in college. That's a hard thing to do. We need to celebrate that. We also need to let people know that it's just not about Division One. Um, so it, don't think like, oh, I can't send something in because he's he's not in Division One. Because I'll tell you what, here's 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 the person that made me think of that song, "My Hero," just now as I was going through this. As I'm a, in it, everything is a complete everything is a complete mess where I'm. Recording from today, things are going crazy the last few days. So like I said, sometimes life gets in the way. But here's, we'll just kick it off with the with the players who, who stood out. So this is the one that made me think of the song, which is great because I like to have a song that, that sort of ties it in with the thing. So here we go. C.J. Hughes from Walnut Hills High School in Cincinnati, Ohio. His opening weekend for the Capitol Crusaders. He had 11 goals in two games, 13 points for the weekend. He scored the game winner in overtime for Elmhurst and was named the Ohio Athletic Conference Player of the Week. That's a game. That's a weekend. That's a player. That's a hero. Good job, CJ. Uh, Nate Connery from uh, Cleveland State Ignatius plays at Canisius. He had a hat trick against uh, Michigan. On February 18th. Some of these might have been bad or or older um, because they put them in after. Again, I would say DM me to the One Man Ride podcast DM and just say this is the player. This is what happened. uh, This is his high school. This is his college. To keep it as concise as possible so I can keep it all in one place. Because I was getting text messages, emails, and DMs on the One Man Ride podcast, Twitter, and my Lax Records MFW Twitter. So I might have missed some in the uh, going through it along with all the other emails, texts, and everything that I'm getting. So I don't want to miss miss out on anybody. Um, so to continue on, we're going with Brady Smith, who plays at Belmont Abbey, uh, Belmont Abbey. He got his first collegiate point with an assist. He's 30 out of 50 on faceoffs. That's 60%. And he played at Mason, Ohio. He was from Mason. Fun fact about Mason, which I also learned, uh, it has produced three Major League Lacrosse players, Adam Osika, Matt Bertrams, and Ben Randall. Pretty cool. You know, I like when I get these things. I like to, I like when people send me stuff because they're proud of their teams. They're proud of their programs. Uh, I celebrate that because it's it's because of the passion of parents and, and players and coaches that passion is my passion. So I want to, like I've said, I want to be an outlet for it. I want to, you know, don't feel bad, you know, tooting your own horn. That's that's how you got it. If you're not tooting your own horn, no one's tooting it for you. So let me know and I'll, and I'll, I'll put it out there. 
A um, couple other guys, as I'm looking through, Otto Bergman, you've heard me say him before. I'm telling you, I'm telling you he's going to be a top college goalie over the next four years. Uh, he leads the nation in saves per game. He plays for Canisius. He's from Chagrin Falls. Loved watching him. Loved it. Uh, <clears throat> let's see what we got. Oh, Kevin O'Donnell, 24 saves uh, for SUNY Oswego in a season-opening victory. Uh, he's from uh, St. Edwards in Ohio. Here's another guy who I've known since he was in high school, early in high school, Tommy Coyne from Naperville Central. He broke out this week. He had his hat trick, three goals for Rutgers. Uh, he's a scoring machine, so I think that's going to probably get Rutgers going a little bit. Also from Rutgers, Brendan Kamish from Detroit Catholic Central. He had two goals against Stony Brook. His brother, Joey Kamish from Detroit Catholic Central, <clears throat> sorry, had three goals against Towson and two assists versus Lafayette. I mean, the, Joey's really sh- stepping it up this year. I watched his last game of high school. He, he was awesome, and he's continued on that last game. So I'm, I feel a weird pride towards. I feel a weird pride towards all the kids, um, because they're making good. And it and and if we could get them out and and, and celebrate them, it makes younger kids interested in it. You know, if you could see him on TV and say, "Oh my God, I want to grow up and be like him," that's what it's about. That'll help grow the game. So nice job, Joey, Brennan, Camish brothers. Uh, Jake Stegman, Stegman from Naperville Central. Uh, he had, for Marquette, he had two goals and four assists. Another Naperville Central guy with Tommy Coyne. Uh, Noah uh, Motorell from Libertyville. He had seven goals and two assists for Wittenberg. So those are just some of the players. I, I, I think there were more. I know there were more. I'm sorry if I left you out. It, it Things just get... Um, sort of discombobulated a little bit, I guess you could say. I mean, I I have too many different ways that I'm communicating with people, so it's it's hard for me to catch up. And I'm not really good with technology, to tell you the truth. The fact that I can even get a podcast off by myself in my basement is, is amazing to me. Um, here's the great thing. Here's my favorite part. This is what this is what I do it for. This is it. The the season has officially started. Midwest Lacrosse has started. Uh, and I'm going to be on the road. This is it. This is what I do. This is what I like to do. Uh, just, so here's my, what I'll do weekly is I'll probably just say what my schedule is going to be or try to be. You know, things change. Like I said, things change. Um, so, and a lot depends on the weather, you know, be driving, uh, I'm getting older. I don't see as well at night. Uh, it's it, you know, I don't like to sleep overnight at a lot of places because it gets a little cost prohibitive and sometimes. So that being said, sometimes there might be bad weather where I might not go. I also love the fact if there's a uh, if I could watch it online. I watched Culver play Carmel this weekend, so I watched Culver play Carmel my home school or whatever, the my child's school. I watched it on the laptop while I was watching three college games on iPad, phone, TVs. So it was great. So if there's any games that are, are being streamed, 
I would love to know about those too, just to be able to watch it. It's like a bonus for me. It's I get extra, uh, I get extra time. Or if you have any video afterwards, uh, I know I've gotten a lot of videos of games from teams that I've watched. I don't want to say who they're from because some people aren't supposed to be filming it, I don't think. Um, you know who you are. I appreciate it. Um, there were a few from Minnesota. I don't know what the rules are in Minnesota, but I, I got to watch a few teams play, which was great because it's very hard to get to Minnesota for me. I'm going to try to... I, I, I I'm definitely getting there. It's just I don't know when I'm going to get there. Most likely probably in the playoffs at some point. I'm sure by the end of the year that uh, inside lacrosse will probably want to have a little heads up about what's going on in Minnesota. Uh, that's my goal. Is to, Inside lacrosse is the, I, mean, I believe it's the biggest lacrosse publication, and I like to do rankings for them, and I, and I like to go see games for them. They tell me which games to see. So last year they had me go, for example, they had me go watch Loyola New Trier in the state playoffs. They had me cover the uh, Michigan um, championships and the Ohio championships. Well, I'm going to sit there and try to say, well, you need to cover more. Let's 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 get more. Let's 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 put the Midwest a little more on the map. Now it takes everyone's help. It's going to take everyone's help that's listening to this. You need to tell everybody to listen to this. Or you need to tell everyone to follow my Twitter. Because as my Twitter views go, and as the more people I have looking at it, the more um, leverage I have to say, look, look at all these people who are following me. They want to know about this stuff. Uh, so look at, I mean, the other day I, when I said I had 12,000 people look at something, now it's up to 24,000 people were looking at this tweet I put. I only have 3,000 followers on one and 1,000 on the other. 24,000 people are looking. Well, I'd like, how about 10% more of those people just to follow so I can say, look at the following we have. It's worth it to cover the Midwest. You know, this is a loyal region. This region is loyal. You know, if you do right by the Midwest as a whole, they're going to do right by you. You know, we'll take, we'll adopt a player because he, just, you know, because he came to somewhere and we're like, oh, we love him for the rest of our lives. So it's just a cool thing. So, uh, again, coaches, if you're listening or you follow me, make sure that the teams you're playing also follow me because if I happen to come to the game, I'm going to reach out to you beforehand, uh, and this makes it easier for me to go. Conversely, if you're not following me and another team is following me that's the same distance away, I, if I have my choice, I'm definitely going to the other one. I, I don't have as much time to do all that. So if it's a choice between someone who follows me and supports me and someone who doesn't follow me or support me, I'm definitely going to the one who supports me. If you think that's wrong, well, then tough shit. Uh, okay, well, anyway, back to, back to my week. My week. So I, this week I'm planning on, um, on Thursday. I'm going to take a drive up to Crown Point, Indiana to check out Crown Point who I think is a team uh, on the come up in Indiana. I think they're, I don't think they're there yet, but I think they will be, a, they will, they will be a player on the scene soon. Actually, I think a lot of teams in Indiana are going to come up soon. Um, it's really starting to grab hold. 
and, and I really have a, uh, a great feeling for the future of Indiana. And, uh, and, and Crown Point's one of those teams, I think, that have it. They're playing South Bend Adams, so I'm going to get to see Indiana versus Indiana on Thursday. Friday, just to let you know the level of commitment here, Friday is my 21st wedding anniversary. Uh, to my wife, happy anniversary. I'll be watching Heritage Christian playing at Westfield. So another Indiana uh, versus Indiana game, back-to-back Indiana. Um, I almost said, hey, do you want to come to this game that we could celebrate our 21st anniversary by doing what I love? And she said, no, you you go do it. We don't need to do anything. Her birthday is also in a week. We'll do a combo birthday anniversary. Saturday, Saturday just sort of got a little more full now. So originally... I was going to see Carmel play St. X in Louisville. Um, Zionsville from Indiana, also down the road, was going to play Trinity, Kentucky. But I have to go watch Carmel St. X because my son is on the Carmel JV team. And then I'll stay and watch the varsity. Well, then I got a call um, from some of the Culver parents. And Culver will be in Louisville on on Saturday. And they're playing... um, Montgomery Bell from Tennessee at Bellarmine. So that so I'm going to go see the 130 Carmel San X game. I am going to see the 5 o'clock Montgomery Bell Culver game. I'll probably sleep overnight, go get a nice dinner. Uh, Doc Crows is a place that I'm a big fan of. I don't know if it's still open. I've always liked it in Louisville. Um, and then Sunday, which is daylight savings time so that we spring forward, Uh, so it'll be an easier drive home with staying lighter. I'm going to watch um, Culver play at Trinity, uh, Kentucky. And Trinity, I have his top two teams in Kentucky. Again, Culver, Culver is so good. They're they're just so good. So that's my upcoming schedule. You know, next week I'll, I'll know more, more games. Then it's going to start getting confusing because there'll be games in Ohio and Ohio, Indiana, Illinois, Michigan, uh, Kansas, everywhere. It, and then it, I'll have to make those choices. Like, what's the best bang for the buck? If I could do like a like a uh, a D two game, or or you know they do different. Some schools have different uh, divisions. I'm using my paper right now. So like if if. And I and I think if I recall, Indiana or Ohio, last year I I saw how this worked out a little bit was um like one day of the week there were a lot of D two games and then the other day of the week there were a lot of D one games. So if I could do a Tuesday Wednesday and catch a D one D two game Tuesday and Wednesday, that's perfect. I could stay overnight for that. Even actually I could even drive up. You know, if it's Cincinnati, it's nothing. It's nothing to drive for me. So that's where I'm going. But just to go back to Culver and to come out with, I, I released my top 10 Midwest um, rankings today on Twitter. Um, if you didn't see it, I will, I will repeat them for you as I'm shuffling paper. Uh, so here's my top 10 Midwest teams. It does not start with Culver Prep. And it's not because I'm anti-Culver Prep. I, I, I reiterate this every time so it never gets lost. Culver Prep is a different 
level team. That's not a knock on Culver Prep. Culver Prep is awesome to watch. Like I said, I watched them the other day. I'm going to watch them twice in the next week. I'll probably see almost all of their games. The games that they have at home, I can drive to. The games that are on the road, a lot of them are streamed. So I can watch almost all of the Culver games. It's amazing to watch them. They are just great to watch. I know there's people cringing right now. They're like, oh, they have kids that are older and they do. So what? They, they're awesome to watch. If, you, if, if you're so bitter that they have this, you're not celebrating the game. Because they are as fun to watch as any team anywhere. That's how good they are. Um, but my top 10 is for the top 10 high school teams in the Midwest. And every one of these teams on their top 10 list, and any one of the teams that could be the next top 10, could all win a state championship. And that's what it's about. It's not about being the top 10 team in the Midwest. There's no trophy for that. There's a trophy for being number one in Michigan, number one in Ohio, number one in Indiana. That's what you're playing for, the trophy. The top 10 list is just for, you know, it's just for giggles, let's say. You know, it, it doesn't mean anything, especially the preseason. I already I already had a few messages from people today about the preseason uh, top 10. And as I explained, I'm like, well, you, I can't justify how you think you're going to be. Um, I could justify on what I saw because I've seen every one of the teams play more than once. Every single one of them. I know who they lost. I know who they still have. I know what I, I, I in my mind know what they're going to do to do better, but I can't really say that now. Um, but it's preseason; it doesn't matter. The whole thing doesn't matter because if I don't have you ranked on here and you end up winning the state championship, you can call me up and or call me out online and be like you didn't know what the hell you're talking about, and I'll be like, "You're damn right. Good for you. You won." So that's why Culver isn't on the top ten because they're a whole separate thing. If I put it like this, I could make them 1A or uh, what's Wheel of Fortune? Wheel of Fortune, when you're doing that final thing at the game, they put up the letters R-S-N-L-T because they know every person in the world is going to pick those numbers or letters. So just let's imagine Culver is the Wheel of Fortune. They're always going to be number one. They're always going to be number one. So we don't even have to put them up there. Um, and that gives us one more team to get a little more publicity, one more team to, to be celebrated a little bit. I know that this is make, means something to some people. I know if I saw my team on here, I'd be like, this is great. But I'm only one schmuck of about 100 people who do this. So you could take it for what it's worth, which is nothing in the end of the day. It's worth nothing. It's my opinion. It's my thought. I think I'm always right. But you could think I'm wrong, so it doesn't matter. But again, so let's go with the top 10. That I have. Brother Rice from Michigan, number one. Brother Rice um, is perennial, a, per, a perennial uh, powerhouse. I mean, they're always they're always good. They they have a culture there where they just want to keep winning. Um, it's not. I mean, it's not even close. I mean, if you people who know that, I look at Brother Rice with a little bit of awe in the Midwest that they keep doing it. It's not a particularly big school. Um, whenever I go up to Michigan, I usually hear more gripes about Brother Rice than anybody. That usually means they're really good. When, when they're complaining about you, that means you're really good. 
when they call you cheaters or whatever, that means you're pretty good. You know, there's always somebody complaining about something. I love Brother Rice. I, f- I consider Brother Rice like the Darth Vader of Midwest lacrosse. They're always there. They're just tough. They're not they're not overly emotional. They're just a tough team, like when they walk in with Hell's Bells. I mean, it's awesome. And they got a nice, they're playing a nice little schedule uh, this year. So Brother Rice, right off the bat, they have, they're playing Loyola Academy. They're playing St. Ignatius. Uh, they play St. X uh, uh, Ohio. Um, they don't have Nutria this year. They play St. Viator of Illinois. Then they play their own in their in their state. Uh, so I think they're playing they're playing Detroit Catholic Central at least once. Could be twice. Could be three times, like they did the last two years, or or more than the last two years. They also are going to play Forest Hill Central, who's another uh, team that's just sort of doing it really well. Um, so Brother Rice does not have a cakewalk by any means. And they're going to be tested. And the the best part is Loyola Academy's first game is against Brother Rice. Probably not the best way to start your season. But again, I know what Loyola's philosophy is. They don't care about any of the other games until they get to the playoffs. That's They don't care. They lost seven games last year. Not one of them was to, the, to anyone in the state of Illinois. Except the most important one was the playoff game against Nutrier that they lost. So all those wins that they had in Illinois smoking teams, they would trade them all in just to beat that Nutrier team. So anyway, that was the number one, Brother Rice. Number two is Nutrier. Now, here, let me go back to Brother Rice. Brother Rice lost five or six D1 players. I'm trying to think. So we had Justin Gladharber, Dylan Braddock, don't remember where we went, or Dom Dadabo, their goalie, Michael Cosgrove, uh, who went to Michigan, Jack Crosby went to Rutgers, James Donaldson went to Georgetown. That was their starting players. Uh, they still have on their team DJ DJ Dixon. Uh, I think he's going to Utah off the top of my head. Patrick O'Hara, I don't know where Patrick O'Hara is going. At one point, I thought he was going to Air Force. Another point, I thought he was going to Michigan. I'm not sure where he's going. He is a freak athlete. I don't, I don't, I don't say that in a mean way. But he's not a tall kid. He has built the muscles on this kid. He jumped up and hit something like it had to be ten feet tall. Like he hit a, a partition going into a into a uh, stadium. Jumped up and touched it. I mean, I was sitting there with my my son. My son's like, oh my god, like he couldn't believe it. I said, you should work out like him. Uh, they still have Jack Lockwood, Mason Everly. Jordan Hyde, not to mention five sophomores from that varsity team that are coming up this year, and the guys who are on the orange varsity or whatever the other varsity, they just reload. So they're they're pretty they're pretty set. Um, number two is Nutrier. Nutrier won the Illinois State Championship last year. Nutrier last year started out messy, started out sloppy. I, I, I truly believe they got. They got whacked at San X in um, Louisville. They they didn't look impressive in their win against St. X of Ohio. Uh, they really did not look good against Catholic Central. Brother Rice, when they played them, they lost, but that was the game that woke them up. They lost that game, but they fought in that game. You could see that was... Nutria is a tough team. Nutria has an edge. They play with a chip. 
that game against Brother Rice brought that chip out. I think so. They lost that game. I think the next game, <laughs> I said my son happened to be at, with me at that game too, and I said to him, whoever they play next, they're going to kill. I think they won the next game 26-1. to That was the game that got their chip, up, chip back. Now, they lost a lot of players. They lost a lot of big, strong, tough players. Uh, Carson Oceanshirt, Brian Sitzer, Tyler Baird, Henry Freeman, Dylan Bruno, one of my all-time favorites. Dylan Bruno, um, a small guy, plays like he's 10 feet tall. Uh, where is he going? Uh, Rochester? I forget, I forgot where he went. Um, Brooks South and Henry Sherb, who I think was their, their number one scorer. Henry Sherb went to Tufts. Brooks South went to Furman. Uh, the other guys, I think I think some are playing football or might play, or they just might have given it up. These were tough, big, strong kids. Nutria this year, I think, might actually be better. Different type of team. They still play with the chip on your shoulder. I don't think they're as physical. I don't think their guys will be as physical. I think they have a more skilled team, which is frightening because their defense is, is still going to be great. Uh, they still have Cooper Yacino as their goalie. So you have him, you're doing pretty damn good. Um, and then they have James Hemmer at D, who I think is spectacular. I don't know if he got enough credit last year. I thought against Loyola he was spectacular. Uh, Vince Flanagan, who's going to be a junior, plays with an edge, plays mean, plays with a chip. Um, he's going to he's going to have to watch himself. Uh, he might take some penalties, but he plays with an edge. He's going to keep that Nutrier edge. Um, then you have DJ Nolan, Tyler Nolan, LSMs. I'm sure that they're going to flip one of them to a pole at some point or whatever. They're getting after you. They're getting after the ball. They're speed. They're physical. They're great. I love watching them. I've known these kids since they were in seventh grade. So that's why I know Nutria well. I've known most of these kids since they were in seventh grade. Uh, then on offense, Ali Montgomery is a lefty attackman, silky smooth. He hits. He he scores goals from angles people don't even they they don't know it went in. I saw him do it this fall in out east. Like people looked, they're like, did that just go in? He was behind GLE. He was below GLE, and it just went in. Uh, Jesse Shapiro is an animal. He's an animal. Uh, hard stopping him. He's a midi. Downhill dodger, shoots at both hands. Just, It's like he plays angry, like he's angry with somebody. Johnny Hackett is a sophomore. Johnny Hackett will be a player that everyone in the, in the state, anywhere he goes, he's going to turn heads. He will turn heads. He is that good. If he puts it together, uh, one more year of seasoning, like he, you know, from last year, he, they, like I said, they could be scary. I mean, they could literally be a scary team. Um, Brian Dolby, who was their backup goalie last year, who was phenomenal as a backup goalie, he was every bit as good as Cooper, in my opinion. Different, different traits. Well, he didn't want to be a you know, backup goalie is senior year. So he's going to play D-Midi. This is an athlete. This kid is a stud athlete. I mean, just to sit, yeah, I'm going to go play D-Mid, and he's going to do great at it. I have no doubt. Um, yeah, just Nolan Swain stays around as the Fogo. Uh, Johnny Babnick, um, Tommy McAdamy. Uh, there's a bunch of kids. I'm really looking forward to watching New Trier. Really looking forward to watching Brother Rice um, because I know what I'm getting with them. I know that they're going to be studs. 
Team number three, St. X, Ohio. St. X, Ohio, it's almost the same team from last year. The team that everyone thought would underachieve, the team that thought that this was the rebuilding year. They had young players. Um, they didn't think they'd do anything. I mean, I remember talking to people at the beginning of the year saying, oh, St. X won't even make the Final Four or, or they won't they won't make it to the regionals or whatever the second-to-last level for them is going into their own region. Um, everyone was wrong. They were wrong. That was a well-coached team. Nate Sprong just brings the team together. He makes the team what it is. This team is pretty much the same team with a little more experience, which makes it frightening. I hemmed and I hawed about number three and number four, because number four is St. Ignatius from Ohio as well. And I've made them number one, number two, number one, number two in Ohio forever. The reason I do that with St. Ignatius is because they have two superstars. And Michael Bame, or Bohm, Bame, Bohm, I'm not sure. I know people who's pronounced Bame that I know, and other people who say boom. So, however you say it, I apologize. And Connor Camille. Speed. Speed, speed, speed. So, Connor Camille is at St. Ignatius with, with Michael Bame Boom. Um, both great athletes. Jack Welsh, Depol. They're a, they're a strong team. My tendency is to say they could be the Dublin Kaufman of Ohio this year. Dublin Kaufman won with... They just overwhelmed you last year. Dublin Kaufman had um, Nick Harris, uh, Ethan Tyak, um, Evan James. Who am I missing? Hassan Rada. Um, they were great. They were fun to watch. As I've said before, again, is they played like a box team on field. So they had the stars. They had. If you went there and saw the marquee, they had the Evan James and, and and Nick Harris, and they said these are the two guys. Well, they didn't just take over the game and have it be the the Nick Harris or Evan James show. They played like a team with those stars. I need to see San Ignatius do the same thing with their stars. If it becomes too heavy being on Michael Bohm, um, then I think they're not going they're not going to do as well. It has to be a team using a team philosophy with him. So that was my flip. That's what that's what gave St. X the edge to me over St. Ignatius. Um, but I expect those two to be in the championship, and it should be great. I mean, that's number five. Here's a school that people probably don't even know about in the rest of the Midwest. Uh, I think uh, Minnesota gets shortchanged. I don't think people know how good Minnesota is. Well, they're good. The whole state, the whole state is good. It's a pro. It's a. It's a. It's a state that I wish could change their rules. You know, their weather's rough. They don't start till later. But I think they should be able to play everyone. God, I would love to see them. I would. I would love to see the nailed St. Margaret's number five play Brother Rice, play Nutrier, play. I would love to see them play these top ten teams. I would love it. It would be that would be must see TV to see these guys. They have right now on their team nine college commits, six Division One commits. That's six Division One commits, 
Nine total. I think they have two Division Three, one Division Two right now. Right now, preseason. This hasn't started. Their juniors haven't probably committed yet. Their sophomores will be talking to people in September. Six D1 players. Let me see him play somebody else. Let me see him play um, the brother rice of the Nutria. Now, that's not knocking all the other, that's not knocking any of the the other Minnesota teams. Prior Lake has won three out of the last four state championships. If you want to say something, uh, BSM might have underachieved the last three years. So let's see. Let's let's you know. I know that when I was doing my state by state rankings, some people didn't give prior uh, prior like the credit it's due. I said, you know what? They know what they're doing. They have a great youth program. They're bringing in, they've won three out of the last four state championships. So I I don't know how you can't have them, but I can understand why, because they lost six seniors. They lost six of their players. So it's almost rebuilding. But again, it's high school. Who knows what you're going to get? That's why it's so fun. That's why it's such a fun thing, because there might be a kid who didn't even sniff it last year, who was 5'3", and all of a sudden shows up, and he's 6'1", and he's a Greek god, and he runs through everybody, and he's doing it. That's the fun part. You get to discover somebody new every year. Uh, so that's number five, Benil St. Margaret. Number six is uh, Detroit Catholic Central, another perennial team, another team that's always there. Uh, they were the defending state championship uh, state champions for last year in Michigan. They beat Brother Rice in the championship in 2018. I think after 13 straight state championships for Brother Rice, they're they're another team that just keeps keeps building. Now they lost they lost some good players as well. I mean, top play. Johnny Shea was they had two goalies. Johnny Shea was goalie one A or B. I don't care how you put him. He was one. He was the player of the game in one game that I was at. Uh, Joey Kamish. I mean, you you've heard me talk about his stats in college. He had six goals in the state championship game. He was going to be the player of the game if they won. Uh, they, they're going to miss him. Jake Jake Petro, another one. Uh, Ryan Barney doing it at uh, Detroit Mercy. Justin Petroff, another one. Connor Beals, I think Connor is at. Um, oh, why can't I think of it? The junior college right now getting seasoned up. He'll, you'll see him in D one. Uh, God, I can't think of the. I can't think of the, the Parliament. Uh, Drives me nuts. I'm getting old, old man brain. But they retain uh, Jacob Hemi, their their goalie, who is also a stud. Connor Barada, Ryan Sullivan, Jacob Spasita, Hunter Pendergraf. Plus, they had five sophomores on their varsities last year too. So, do I look at them and say, "Yeah, it's going to be Brother Rice and, and DCC again"? My bet it is. There might be another team that could say something about it. They're not in my top ten though. Uh, so we're going to number seven, Forest Hill Central. That's another Michigan team. They were the state champions of um, last year in Division One. No, all these divisions get me screwed. They, they were Division Two, so it's Division One is the bigger schools. Division Two is the smaller schools. Uh, Forest Hill Central was uh, the champions in that. I think they lost one game. If I could remember, gosh, but uh, I think they lost to Detroit Catholic Central. 
that wasn't even in their in their division. They lost another team that just lost some great players. They lost, Tate Halleck went on to Michigan State, played football. This was a do everything kid. He could do it all. I mean, he was just he was he he could have gone D one, played lacrosse. He went and played D one football at Michigan State. That's the athlete. That's what he's tall, fast, aggressive. Luke Majic, I've talked about him. Plays at Furman now. Just a just a great player, all around player. Love seeing him. Uh, Evan Mataje, Cam Dines, Logan Wetter. They lost some players. They still have Carson Dines, uh, Jackson Clay, who is going to High Point. He's a human highlight film. Uh, could be one of the best players in the Midwest. Certainly one of the most dynamic players in the Midwest. Fun to watch. Um, if he dials it in and really says, I'm going to take this team on my back and, and says, I'm going to do it, he's. I would expect them to win the state championship again for uh, Forest Hill Central. Um, St. Viator at number eight. St. <clears throat> Viator is an Illinois team. St. Viator, they've been talking about for five, six, seven years that this is the next year. This is the year. This is the year. This is the year. They have great players. They get great players to their school. Um, it, something always seems to happen. It just seems to not happen. Well, you didn't hear me mention Loyola Academy is a ranked team yet. So I have St. Viator ranked over Loyola Academy. I think that's the first time that I've ever thought that. They got the Freeman Twins, who are absolutely astounding to watch. They're going to Lafayette. They're great. What I would like to see more is a full game from St. Viator. St. Viator is that team that you keep saying, this is it, this is it, this is it. And then something happens and you go, ah, they just didn't make it. This is the year for St. Viator. This is the year I'm saying they make the move. They join the new Trier and Loyola as the team Every year. I think they're getting that. I think they've been that. I think that, But I think they have to get through and at least make the state championship. But we'll see. They play Brother Rice um, at the end of this month. March 21st, I think. So Brother Rice comes to Illinois and they play Loyola Academy on... March 20th, and they play St. Viator on the 21st. So St. Viator have his number eight. I don't know how many times they've ever made the, the top 10 in the Midwest, but preseason, they're getting the nod. Um, I know some people will probably howl about it, but it's my top 10. Number nine is Loyola Academy. Again, here's a team that you would never think would be number nine in the Midwest. This is a perennial powerhouse, just like Brother Rice. This is a team who last year, like I said, they lost seven games. Six of those games were out east. They lost to Chaminade, St. Anthony's, Garden City, Georgetown Prep. Um, trying to think who else they played. They played three and Three of the top teams, I think six of those, the, those six teams were all ranked in the top 15 in the country. Not in a region, in the country. Loyola Academy, private Midwest school, Wilmette, Illinois, flew out east 
and played those six teams. They lost them. Actually, I think they might have underachieved a little bit, to be honest. Well, first, when they were in Maryland, they were missing two All-Americans when they played the when they played, they were missing two All-Americans who were playing hockey at the time, and the rest of the team almost all had the flu. There were kids throwing up on the sideline. Pretty nasty. Uh, so that was an underachieving. I actually think if you watch those games, they played pretty damn good. I think maybe against uh, the New York teams, they might have got caught ball-watching a little bit. I, I, when they played Chaminade in that first game, it, it just looks like Chaminade... All of a sudden, it was nine to nothing. You're like, how did that happen? Uh, then watching St. Anthony's, when you see all the stars on St. Anthony's and uh, Brennan O'Neill and stuff, you, you get a little starstruck. And then their third game, they tightened it up a little bit against uh, Garden City, but that was just a big game. And Garden City was a phenomenal team. Unfortunately for Loyola, I think they lost six D1 players. Um, their goalie was all a two year or three-year All-American. They lost him. He's gone. Uh, Which, right there, that's question mark number one for me for Loyola. Who is your replacement goalie? They have a couple couple, uh, younger guys uh, that'll be fighting for the job. I don't know who's going to get it. Uh, Liam McCarthy, I know, and uh, Young Foyer, the... uh, I think those are the two right now. I don't know. Um, so that's a big one. Um, Timmy Hackett, they lost Timmy Hackett, Johnny Hackett's brother from New Trier, his older brother, Timmy Hackett, three-year All-American. He's at Bryant now, so he's gone. Um, I keep blanking on names right now. Who else did they lose? They lost their face-off guy. To Rich- he went to Richmond. Um Cooper Prodzik went to uh, Harvard. I know I'm missing a couple. I know I'm missing something. My my mind went completely blank, and I know all these guys. Um, Najee Taylor, another All-American. He went to Loyola. Uh, Am I missing one more? Well, anyway, so they lost all those players. They don't have a very, very deep junior class. They have a very, very, very deep sophomore class. So there is the issue. Now, they might have just picked up, I heard, uh, a a player named Trevor Cabanban, who is a football player, running back, athlete. Just put him on the field. He's going to go get the ball. He's going to get the ball. Um, So that's a big pickup for them. I also heard that they might have a new face-off guy. That would be huge. That will be very big. Um, they could score goals. As I was joking with the coach, with Coach Rob Snyder the other day, I said if you score 20 goals a game, you won't have to worry about your defense. They do have defense. They have very good defense. They're just young. They also have two returning players who are both seniors, uh, Brandon Tate and Caden Keller. Caden Keller is going to High Point. Brandon Tate's going to Denison. Uh, my son has played with those two since he was nine years old. I've known those boys since they were nine. You knew those two players when they were nine were going to be great. Brandon Tate, Caden Keller shows, every, when you see him on the field, everyone's like, oh my God, that guy's great. Brandon Tate plays maybe in the background a little bit. 
This is Brandon Tate's year to show. He is going to. He is tough. He is a big kid now. He was little when he was small. He is a big kid who can stick handle, and he's not afraid of getting his his nose dirty. He gets right in there, takes a beat, and gets up. It's going to be a big year for him. For Loyola to step up big time, it's going to take Brandon Tate. Then they have Spencer Hensley, who's an LSM depot, all around just crazy athlete. I just say let him loose like a junkyard dog and let him go after the ball. But Loyola is very, very intriguing to me because you just don't know what you're going to get yet. If those sophomores come out, it'll be, they'll be all right. But Nutrier is just, just loaded this year. And, and again, St. Viator is the tough one. So right now my thought is Loyola has to take it one step at a time, try to go after St. Viator first. Top St. Viator, then try to get after Nutrier. Um, Connor DiTomaso is a sophomore. Wilma Harris, sophomore. Uh, they got some players, but it's just, are they ready? And that's a, and that's a question. I would say that's the question from almost everyone from from uh, below uh, BSM. So I think Detroit Catholic Central, Forest Hill Central, St. Viator, Loyola, and Dublin Jerome, who's my number 10 team. Uh, I watched Dublin Jerome play three different times last year. They play a very, very good defense. They were very young. Um, this is their year. This is the year. Now, this is a pick that a lot of people have an issue with. Oh, Dublin Jerome shouldn't be there. Um, I've gotten a lot of static for it. I, I've seen Dublin Jerome play. They lost two games by one goal yesterday. They lost twice to, or they lost two games by one goal last year. Uh, one of them was in overtime. They lost to Dublin Kaufman twice. And Dublin Kaufman steamrolled everybody. So that's no shame. Uh, and then they got pounded by St. Ignatius. So I see Dublin Jerome as the third best team in Ohio right now. Right now. Doesn't mean they're going to stay there. Doesn't even mean that Dublin Kaufman won't be back. Dublin Kaufman was unbeatable last year, except Brother Ice beat him, but they were just something else. The problem with them is they lost a lot of players and they lost a coach. So they have a new coach, don't know the system yet. I spoke to the coach. He's very high on his team. I love hearing that from a new coach. I just can't sit there and say right now, oh, they'll be back. I know some of the players that they have on Dublin Kaufman. They are still good. These are a lot of kids who play box. All these kids in Columbus, all these kids, a lot of the kids in Ohio but mostly in Columbus, they're all box players. They all play with resolute and box. They know what they're doing. They're great to watch. Uh, so I don't, I don't knock them. I don't, uh, you know, I'm not, oh, I'm not giving them. Um, oh, I turned on my thing again. I'm not uh, knocking them at all. I just think Dublin Jerome is the number three team in Ohio, and I think they're the number ten team in the Midwest. With that being said. That spot could have been Heartland, Michigan, who I think they're going to be tough. I think if someone can beat up the two big boys up top, I think it's Heartland. I think they got a superstar and a sophomore in in Bo Lockwood. Exciting to watch. Uh, Cathedral in Indiana. Um, Very good face-off. They have a, a... Sam Bedich, he's I think he was the MVP of the state championship last year. He's the best faceoff guy in Indiana. 
which will will do a lot for you. Except, you know, I'm I'm not including any Culver kids. But as far as the Indiana State Championship, Sam Bedich is the guy at the dot. He is going to be a difference maker. Um, they lost a few deep holes. They lost a few of their offense from scoring. Um, but they have Kevin Barudich, who's a sophomore, who was phenomenal. Um, they have Jack Neidlinger at, at midi, or at attack, who is another silky smooth, heady player. He's the kind of kid that I want on every team. He reminds me a little bit of an Ethan Tyak. He's got great vision. He knows who to get the ball. He knows when to score. He's got. Um, uh, they have a new goalie this year. There are questions about Cathedral, but they could have been on this list as well. Prior Lake, like I said earlier, from Minnesota, uh, they could have been on here. Um, there's a lot of could have, would have, would have been. That's why the season is so great. This is just paper. This is just me talking. This is, you know, this is just, this is what I do for fun. Hopefully it makes you listen. Hopefully it makes you want to sit there and say, oh, I disagree. I don't need anyone yelling at me. Let's let's keep, you know, it's high school across the Midwest. I'm doing this for fun. If it, if it upsets you so much what I pick, stop following me. Because it's it's not worth it for you and it's not worth it for me. Uh, I just love doing it. And I love making sure that people are enjoying it. So I also have done uh, top five for every state. And let me tell you about my top five and how I'm doing it. I'm not going to release it today. I'll probably tweet it out and then we can talk about it next week. Um but for every state, I have five contributors. So it's not just me. What I do is I have five contributors. I get their opinions on each of their picks. And then I make the final decision based on what I've seen, based on what their thoughts are. So it's not just me sitting there going, oh, I like this guy. I'm going to make him this. So I do the research of my own by watching all these games. Like I said, I saw 63 games last year. I plan on seeing more this year. I'm going to have five by this weekend. Season technically hasn't even started. Or six, for that matter. So I have six games under my belt by Sunday. Next week is when it really starts getting going. I plan on being in the try to see a game a day. And then we have those tournaments where you hit eight games, nine games, six games. That's what I love. But that's so we will, we will I, I will probably release the team or the state um, rankings on Twitter and then let's see what the responses and then we can talk about it next week. Um, I will keep the contributors anonymous because some are coaches, some are media. Um, and to keep them anonymous, they can give me their anonymous thoughts. So that's what I'm doing there. Um, and I think, you know, that's, that's about all I got to say today. I mean, it, it went a little longer than I thought, but, uh, that's going to be it. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, like I said, there's a lot going on here that I can't, uh, talk about, that's why I'm laughing a little bit because my phone literally blows up the whole time as I'm doing this, and I just had to put it on Do Not Disturb. But anyway, so that was season eight or episode eight of the One Man Ride. I hope you enjoyed it. Please tell everyone to follow. Please tell everyone to listen. The bigger I get, the bigger we get. The bigger we get, the more eyes we get, and that's the goal. It's not about me. It's about us. It's not about me. It's about we. So with that being said... Until next week.
Thanks for joining me on The One Man Ride.